Football Index podcast is supported by footballindextrader.co.uk, the best site for in-depth scouting and trading. Stretchy. Not many people have the time to analyse every game. That's why hundreds of veterans and new traders alike get FIT to do the heavy lifting for them, providing easy-to-read analysis of every match day from an FI perspective. If you want to see more, as an exclusive offer for Figcast listeners, you can give the site a try with a 25% discount on your first month with the code FIG. 25. And it comes to about £3 a week, which is the price of a very cheap pint. So do go check it out over on footballindextrader.co.uk. Here's the legal stuff from Football Index. FI is a gambling product available to customers in certain territories aged 18 or over. The content of this podcast has not been approved by Football Index, but they do listen to the show to keep me on my toes. Please remember to only gamble what you can afford to lose. BeGambleAware.org. And when the fun stops... Stop. Hello and welcome back to the Football Next Podcast, episode 174. In last Thursday's episode, I was joined by both Panda and Dunwell in a great Fitcast extra, which people keep asking for more of. Like longer it was an hour and a half but people want it to last longer um even considering we we didn't really talk about football index that much and last week on the Figcast, i was joined by football index machine who has earned rave reviews from the community i think he's a super smart guy and has a really unique way of looking at the index in terms of people that he buys etc and how he models pb scores and so on but today i'm joined by a returning guest someone who hasn't been on the podcast for quite some time maybe like 12 18 months now tc how are you doing mate yeah very good thank you how are you not too bad not too bad i don't know remember the last time you came on was like it must have maybe even two years ago yeah i think it was two years ago so i remember the context around it because one of the uh, one of like the key debates at the time was uh, whether the prices of players was a barrier to entry how times which episode 43 how mad is that wow that's 130 episodes ago so that is that is yeah nice on two years basically good to be back good yeah i mean yeah difficult circumstances but why don't you tell or remind the audience uh you know about yourself what you do and a bit more about your football index journey yeah, sure. So um, I joined at some point in 2016, I think. Um, I stumbled across FI, I think, it, so I think it was through a Facebook ad. And yeah, I think still to this day, it's the only thing that I've ever actually clicked on and looked at through Facebook. Um, so that worked out quite well. Very lucky to have uh, looked at it in a bit more detail. Um, and yeah, I joined in the sort of months leading up to Paul Pogba's United transfer, which um, that was when I was sort of finding my feet. Media buzz only, of course, um, and he sort of went through that period of just racking up win after win after win for <laughs> what seemed like months. It probably was months, actually. Um, looking back at it, I didn't have too much in then, but that was sort of that moment. I think everyone has a moment where they look at it and think, yeah, actually, there's some good money to be made here. Um, and that was it for me, just seeing how those little wins added up so quickly uh, really got me hooked. And it sort of spiralled on and on since then, really. Um, and a lot has changed. Yeah, a lot has changed. I mean, I, I remember that summer quite well, actually, 2016 summer where Pucker won, I think it was media buzz like 28, 29 times in a month or something like that. It was ridiculous. One of the craziest things I've ever seen. And I think that like period just 
made a lot of people compound their winnings and it just kind of spiraled into the next seasons being being really really well received and um we've come up to this point which has been a bit more difficult um and i am going to ask you about a thread that you actually published recently which i thought was awesome um not so recently anymore but maybe a month or so ago but before that we've got some miscellaneous questions nice comments here if i run fat boy run if you could go back in time and save one goal to change history what would it be <laughs> good question this um i'm an arsenal fan like yourself um first first goal i thought of, so it was champions league final 2006 oh, um eto's equalizer i think it was, <sighs> it was like i actually watched the highlights this morning after i thought of it it was the very Did first you? oh man oh um, that's so painful that game it's mad, oh, God, it's so mad to think where arsenal have gone in the space of uh, 15 years for I mean it's mad to, it's mad to think a team with Flamini and Abue at, at yeah, right Abue. left yeah, back yeah. respectively got to the Champions League final <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. it's mental um, Senderos was on the bench as well oh, uh, budding young centre back but yeah I what think Eto's goal rule that out I think he scored in something like the 80th minute he was offside wasn't he as well uh, yeah yeah I think yeah, yeah we'll say he was yeah Definitely. <laughs> yeah. no, I think Go back in time, get VAR on. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, God. Can you imagine VAR in the Champions League final? That, that contentious. Um, <laughs> but no, rule that goal out. 10 minutes. Yeah, I know they scored again straight after, so maybe it wouldn't have made a blind bit of difference. But I don't think Arsenal are getting back there anytime soon. So anything we no. can do to change the course of that match would be uh, be good in my book. Mm, yeah a painful experience that one <laughs> fi gardener here with a really weird and interesting question you're an unsigned 18 year old baller you have these four teams all vying for your signature ajax on five grand a week and you're a regular starter dortmund you're on 10 grand a week and a regular squad player united are you're on 20k a week and play rarely or barcelona 30k a week and play for the b team who do you sign for yeah, I like this one. It's a good one. You could, I think you could go into a lot of depth on this. So am I me for this conversation? Yeah, <laughs> you're an 18-year-old baller. <laughs> yeah, so I think, so I wouldn't go United. Um, I think as an English youngster, United, a lot of pressure, a lot of hype can be too much for a lot of people, I think. I, I don't know if I'd back myself to succeed under those circumstances, unless, you know, it depends what position you're playing in, maybe. If you're a centre-back, you might you might get a look in in their current situation. Um, although, yeah, they're doing a bit better defensively. So I think I'd rule out Man United just because I'd want to stay away from the hype and all the, all the pressure and everyone getting carried away. Um, Ajax, I think, obviously great track record, developing youth players. I think if you really back yourself, you'd probably want to go in at some somewhere slightly higher level than that. Maybe that's me being a bit dismissive for, uh, to, to Ajax. But, um, so I wouldn't necessarily go Ajax. Barca, I think just the sheer calibre of players that you have in front of you is and coming through at Barca is, is potentially too much. Um, maybe that's going to change if they're, what are they in debt? Some absurd amount of money, um, which which could lead to a mass exodus. So it may well be the best financial and football-related place to go. But um, I think I'd go Dortmund, just proven to develop young players, sell them on for big money. Young squad, they're already... You've got Haaland, Sancho, uh, Bellingham, Reina, all those sorts. I'm sure it makes it easier if you're an 18-year-old kid settling into a squad that has other 18- to 20-year-old people starting in the team. Um, and yeah, they're, they're in a little bit of a... I wouldn't say they're, in, they're not in a massively rough patch. They're just not really playing as well as I think they could play. So potential to burst onto the scene, maybe. Take, uh, take the German Bundesliga by storm. 
<laughs> Fair play. <laughs> um, FI Gerard from the Fig Discord. Uh, which Premier League owners would you want to take ownership of FI, and which Premier League manager <laughs> would you want to hire as CEO? So I do. I do manager first. Um, do you think we're at Big Sam stage yet? <laughs> um, oh, I think we're at like uh, I, I would actually say we're more at like Ralph Hassentutel stage where you need like a visionary to come yeah. in and like like you know maybe not win straight away <laughs> but you, you get a certain type of football playing right and then yeah. you get the wins after if that makes sense and I think hopefully Mike is in that kind of ilk yeah, yeah I, th- I think yeah he, he really is he's been really positive Mike since he's, he's come in I think um, so yeah Big Sam my joke answer hopefully we're not quite <laughs> looking at survival quite yet um, or uh, just avoiding relegation I think uh, yeah I had a similar answer really so I just said Klopp um, I don't particularly like Jurgen Klopp that much but I think he sort of he knows what he wants he's got a consistent way of playing a consistent vision for, for how he wants his team to set up and play um, and yeah hopefully that translates to FI just being clear on where they want to go and what they wanted to do moving forwards mm. and did you mention the owners? the owners um, <laughs> I think I'd go Shake Mansour £20 billion net worth <laughs> I'd just get him in a room with Star Lizard and be like look how much of a deposit bonus do you need to, <laughs> to put your to get your uh, your liquidity on board um, yeah someone like that someone with a, a big financial backing I think a bit of financial security and someone who can throw a bit of cash at the product to really really get it flying forwards mm. what about Ryan Pierce here favorite method of cooking a potato so this is obviously after the controversial avatar that you've got which is kind of potatoy kind of like a moon yes yeah for someone who's had a potato avatar on fi twitter for four years i'm not really a massive fan of potatoes (laughs) (laughs) um so i just go with a simple roast i don't think you can beat a nice roast potato but you're just putting some you know nice beef to go with it and yeah (laughs) i hope that i hope that answers this question really I can go into more detail, but I don't, I don't uh, it's not my specialist area of knowledge, <laughs> you know. So. Um, question here from RC, last one in the miscellaneous <laughs> schedule. Why did you run, do your own research for 18 months and blame it on me? It's very, that's quite a cutting question, that, isn't it? So, um, yeah, so I've, I've sought legal counsel on this. And I was vi- advised to go for a no comment throughout. Oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to break from that somewhat. Um, and so, so just to correct the record, I wouldn't say I ever directly blamed RC for this. I just didn't take an active role in absolving him of any blame. Um, so, subtle difference there. And then really just the FI community is just too fun, I think, and too great a place not to, to have a bit of a laugh with. So just thinking back over some of the things like this question got me thinking about some of the things that have happened on FI Twitter over the last couple of years we've had um you know a well-known trader uh using a woman selling nudes on snapchats to promote certain players <laughs> we've had oh, no, no comment from me <laughs> yeah one pound 20 theories and so on and so forth so it's good to have a bit of a laugh uh, but now i will revert to no comment and no further questions <laughs> <laughs> but good question from Marcy. oh man um <laughs> Yeah, if you want to leave that in or not, it's up to you. <laughs> Who knows? Um, I, I want to ask you a little bit about a thread that you did. I mentioned it earlier in the podcast. 
you I probably wrote this just kind of like fuck it I'm just going to write down my thoughts of FI currently and it, it did really well on Twitter obviously a lot of people enjoyed it but FI has got to ridiculous levels of complexity now I'm not sure I'd, I feel like I've read this out like four times of the podcast by now I'm sure I'd get all the rules deadlines payouts right if tested on them and I've been using FI for five years how can a platform like this scale up all changes in 2021 have to be made with simplicity in mind in my opinion think about new customers uh, and what they need to know so i know you're probably just a casual punter who's seen a tv ad but you need to understand how order books work oh and it's not a simple order book there's bid zones and offer floors that sometimes move and sometimes don't don't ask me why <laughs> no time to explain when you place a bid and make a sale you get t- charged two percent comms oh but you only get a one percent rebate if you do x and a two percent rebate if you do y sometimes which contracts the comms to some extent and you'll be paid your rebate next week but it will be shown as unknown so you don't know what it is <laughs> dividends give the player values uh, players value and there are now four different dividend payouts this was when in play dividends were still around it, ipd is only last 30 days and you're eligible if you bought before midnight payouts vary by position there's no way of tracking it but i'm sure you'll figure it out PB dividends have a completely different deadline that's sort of being juggled ATM. You also get different payouts depending on how many games there are. Oh, there's a multiplier on Champions League games and semis onwards are gold days. Positions of players are sometimes right, but often not. Team of the month is another dividend stream, but again, there's a different deadline for having eligibility for this to learn about. It's based on the top three scores, but you can't track it through the app. You'll need to sign up to Twitter and follow a user account who's really helpful. Media Buzz is the simple one. Oh, but actually these articles count and these don't. It sorts of changes on a whim. Article scores are deciding using this odd sentiment scorer, not really referenced anywhere. There's another deadline to know. Oh, and payouts change based on number of games played. The above hasn't even scratched the surface, really and that's just the basic rules how do you expect news to sit through all of that and more before you even get to talking about how the market works and our traders react to certain situation there is a lot of changes that now need to be made over the next six months preferably sooner they all need to be made with simplicity in mind or fi are hiding a fantastic concept behind a wall of unnecessary complexity which will put a lot of people off at first glance it's a mouthful that isn't it Wow. I mean, I stumbled a couple of times, but pretty impressed on myself. Listen, I tried to make a football index explained in five minutes video and I failed miserably. It had to change to eight minutes because there was no way I could physically explain the base surface level things of this product in that amount of time. No, no, eight minutes is pretty good, I'd say. Oh, thank you. <laughs> pretty decent. But no, it's like, a, you're absolutely right. I, I just wrote that just off the cuff. I, I'm confident that I've got quite a lot of the actual information in that, probably not accurate um i think a few people pointed out things that weren't correct in that but yeah that's just because i wrote it off the cuff and that's a good illustration of how complex uh, the pro- product is and continues to be i just think um if you're a growing product it doesn't matter what industry you're in whether it's gambling or, or anything else you're a young product in a pretty huge market you just want to make things as simple as possible for people to pick things up enjoy it get hooked on it and recommend it to their friends and i just don't think fi is like that at the moment and it's just a um it's just an unfortunate consequence really of the way that it's developed as a platform and in many ways it's an it's a necessary consequence because you know we started i mentioned at the start we started just with media bars you've had performance bars added on top of that you've had in-play dividends added on top of that you've had um team of the month and now you've got match day extra and things like that it's been 
bolted on as we've developed as a product and that's something that you you perhaps you can't really avoid too much if you're fit with index but yeah i just think it, it needs to be simple i've had friends ask me about it ask me to explain it to them and it's beyond saying the the very very basics and just saying put a little bit of money in and figure it out yourself it's it's a real real pain to explain um and i really really think they just need to be aware of that because it's so important uh sort of making the most of all this advertising they're doing attracting customers retaining customers and making it simple for people to use i think i agree with you totally and i think this is going to be a big hindrance on customer acquisition and it always has been i think a big hindrance on customer acquisition for fi what sort of things do you think need to be done over this period that you mentioned six months this was in on the 21st of december so we're two months out from that well one and a half months let's say what what do you think needs to be changed basically in the next yeah. four or five months uh, well so so what i was referring to there really was the the broader changes to the platform so um uh, this was when we were in the heat of the debate around ipds and whether they should be scrapped or whether they should stay um, so that's a good example of where they've done something already, um, whether they necessarily had simplicity in mind when they did that. I'm you know, not 100 percent sure. I think in play dividends, it was an extra an extra deadline to contend with it. It wasn't overly complicated. Um, and obviously, match day extra has come in with its own set of deadlines. I would say the one difference there is you're not really encouraged to actively trade for for match day extra dividends you know it's, it's 1p it's intended to be a long-term incentive i think so you can perhaps dismiss that and say it, it's not so important to get to grips with the deadlines around match day extra as it perhaps was taught for ipds um so uh, there's an element to which you can say they've simplified things slightly there um but really moving forwards it, it, it's just i think they uh, they need to work on just just considering more more broadly sort of the complexity of what they're they're putting in place i remember the um i can't remember what they're called now it was like super duper match day points or something <laughs> super like it wasn't super duper what was it called super match day dividends super, yeah and i remember that coming in and like geez I, 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 people had no chance with that i mean it took you and various other people <laughs> to have conversations with them i yeah no i had to have uh like two or three different calls with different people to get my head around it so i massively sympathize for someone that was signing up that month but i think that for me in terms of changes to fi i know people want stability but there is just so much opportunity for them to actually make the product a lot better before they try and scale and acquire customers and they're probably going to do these things in parallel right but like the improvements that they could make to unifying deadlines to uh making some of the some of the payouts more intuitive if those payouts become more intuitive and structurally different does that also make the necessarily uh changes to the pb scoring matrix as well like the media monitor needs to become a lot more simple and a lot more easy to understand. Like the way that FI explain their match day dividends on their site is pretty good. And on the Academy, they have all the scores and actions, but with media buzz, it's, it's really vague and it's really high level. So I think they need to take what they've done there and make it what, what make what they've done for the media buzz as well. And I think then at that point you start to get like a, a far more, I don't know, just a, a product that's a little bit, it just has a little bit less friction for when people are, are looking at it, really. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think they will go down 
the route. I, I'm sure they don't want all these deadlines in place for, for the various um, mechanics, and I'm sure they'll go down a route of considering removing those. Um, yeah, the media buzz, you're right, that that um, sentiment scoring thing is hidden on some random website, isn't it, that I've got saved somewhere. Um, and PB as well, it, it's like, so I, w- I would say actually that the academy that they've got on their website actually is actually quite good, I think. Um, they don't perhaps advertise it as much as they should. But just on the PB scoring, you know, it's one thing having it sat there in front of you on a table on a computer screen. It's It would be a completely different thing if you were able to see the points being attributed for certain actions alongside the match happening live. Um, and I know I think Sportstack has something similar to that. And maybe that's, you know, Football Index aren't there that yet and they don't see it as a priority uh, or things like that. But even something as simple as that, just seeing it actually play out simplifies it rather than you trying to translate what you're seeing onto the pitch and you know looking at a table and trying to figure out who's getting points for what and and so on and so forth Mm. i mean anything else really to add to that i mean there's just so much that you've mentioned there that it's it would probably be a whole podcast on its own for us to just discuss that i just think there is this was so well put and i think that there are loads of people who just want things to say is the same but i think when we've had price drops like we've had is it really going to make that big a difference if the the mb matrix has changed that we know it's going to change like the dividend structure to some extent like the fact that team of the month is so small and these mdes are, are kind of negligible in terms of a payout they're so small that people don't trade for them i do wonder if we'll see wholesale changes between now and the next season really yeah it wouldn't surprise me i, th- I think if you're going to um if you're sort of working through a period of uncertainty that is actually pretty much inevitable at the moment with where we are with liquidity and, and things like that, you may as well just do it all in one go. Um, you know, I wouldn't like to, you wouldn't like to get into a situation where, um, you know, who knows if this will actually happen, but say six months down the line, we have a liquidity provider in, pre- in place. The market itself is functioning a lot better. People are feeling a lot more competent. And then they suddenly click their fingers and go, right, now we've got that out of the way. That's, rip up a few more things and and start those from scratch so it wouldn't surprise me at all if they if they really try and take advantage of this opportunity um i guess my main point from that thread is please just (laughs) remember well remember two things really it needs to be uh simple to attract customers and uh it's all very well for us who have had piecemeal uh bits added on over the years but for someone who's coming to this new getting to grips with everything at the same time is pretty much uh and not impossible but very off-putting i think uh, to put it mildly right well before we get into some serious questions i need to remind you about my patreon it's where i create bonus premium content and uh, also have a private podcast on there for all my subscribers there's three pound five pound eight pound and twelve pound tiers you know if you join the eight pound tier for example you get to join the fig discord talk to some of the brightest minds in the football index community and you help support me continuing it to make good football index content and uh yeah we'd really appreciate everyone checking that out patreon.com forward slash fi guide that's p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com forward slash fi guide if you want to help me out support me for as little as a couple of pints or one pint if you're kind of up in the north somewhere where it's a lot cheaper um unfortunately in london you will not find many pints cheaper than four pounds but there we are um Halt here from the Fig Discord. When did you have the most fun on the index and how do we get back there? Yeah, good question. 
And then a follow-up on really from Greels, which is kind of similar from the Thick Discord as well. How engaged do you feel right now with FI and around 2,700, 2,800 active traders and 280k trade in the last 24 hours are the lowest that we have seen on FI since they started publishing this data? Yeah, two good questions. It's not great um, It's not great data to look at at the moment, is it? Um, very reflective of the way everyone's feeling, I think. Uh, so in terms of when I had most fun, I think there's quite a clear line in the sand for me that took a while to emerge but i think i had most fun when it felt like we were betting on footballers and not betting on (laughs) football index and that sort of line got gradually drawn over a period of time and we sort of very much have moved to a situation now where it feels like we're we're betting on the platform and not the players um so prior to that was definitely when i had the most fun i think um it was fun starting up with just media buzz, but that very quickly got quite dry. I think the the introduction of PB was uh, a complete lifesaver for the platform. And it's still like even when the market isn't functioning properly, sitting there at the weekend, watching your players play alongside your portfolio and watching your players chase that bit, the, the high PB score down is still extremely fun, extremely engaging and really, really enjoyable. Um but yeah, when I stopped having the most fun was was probably, uh, I guess it's the months leading up to that uh, notorious Q&A that Adam did, which introduced a load of random pieces of uncertainty around media monitor, uh, performance buzz stuff. Uh, I remember you mentioned removing the clickbait news articles and uh, and that was sort of, that Q&A really set the tone for the next six to 12 months, which had just been uncertainty and, and you know, not really having too much of an idea what's going on. I think for me, when I've looked at this question, I I kind of thought like, weirdly enough, the thing that makes FI the most money is also the thing that traders seem to enjoy the most. And that's simply trading based off speculation. Because people love, uh, you know, new manager comes in, Thomas Tuchel comes in, let me go buy loads of Callum Hudson-Odoi, let me go buy loads of Reese James, let me go buy loads of Hakim Ziyech. People love doing that. Even if they see gains at first and then lose them, they enjoy that process. FI get loads of commission from that, and they also potentially mint if players get high enough. We saw it at the back end of last season, right? Phil Foden, Mason Greenwood, Ryan Cherkey. People love speculating, right? And they want to be able to speculate on players performing well, short, medium, and long-term. And if FI can facilitate that again, not only will traders really enjoy it and deposit more and trade more, FI will make more money. It's kind of simple. When you peel everything back, it's kind of a simple equation, yeah, it's, isn't it? Um, it's confidence. People need to have confidence in the market they're using. People need to have confidence that they're placing a bet and they will get rewarded or punished for that bet based on whether it was a good or bad bet and not based on whether Football Index as a company have done something good or, or equally something bad in the, in the time that that bet's unfolding. Um, people need confidence to, to bet like that. And that's why, you know, there was lots of concern around, oh, will there be short-term trading when the IPD is removed? Uh, there has always been short-term trading. I remember right at the start when there, there really was no sort of forced incentive to, to trade short-term um, beyond actually events unfolding in real life that you would you would bet on. And Football Index, I think they, they mentioned at one point that the average trade time or the average time someone held a share for was sort of three days, didn't they? Um, there has always been... You know, people are desperate, as you say, to bet on footballers, whether that's what's going to happen this week or whether it's what's going to happen in three years' time. They just need the confidence to be able to do that without 
worrying about what's going on around them. Um, mm. I think you're kind of right, though, isn't it? I've mentioned there speculation is the thing that really drives this thing. But in reality, the the core root problem of that not happening is confidence in the platform. Yeah, exactly. If you're if you're confident, you're you're willing to to speculate, aren't you? It's difficult to, and this is something that I find really interesting. It's it's, it's difficult to speculate over, especially the long term, when everything going on around what you're speculating on you you don't know anything about beyond the next sort of three to six months um so it's interesting like even with match day extra dividends they that's that's a really good tilt i think i think personally towards a a longer term uh bet and more back towards football indexes usp i'd love to start betting on that sort of stuff i'd love to think oh yeah great that's that's a real sort of sweetener for my three year bet or my however long i want the bet to be um if i'm gonna turn it over a few times but it's extremely difficult to do that when you know we don't know in three months time whether they're going to change the (laughs) the level of dividends on offer we don't know what's going to happen with the liquidity provider and i guess that touches on the second part of the question which was you know how do we get back to this stage where people are speculating and people have confidence um and it's probably yeah, the sort of things I mentioned. So a liquidity provider in place or, or something to suggest that there's progress being made there. Um, certainty on, on the dividends for next season. So, you know, it, as I said, it's extremely difficult to bet with more than a two or three months mindset in place when you, you don't know what's happening to the dividends in three months time. It's just really, really challenging. Um, and then I guess a, a settled dividend structure of some sort, whether that's slightly tweaked and built upon match day extra or, or something else they've got up their sleeve but yeah i think you're right uh, speculation we need to get back to and, and to do that people need to have confidence in what you know <laughs> that they're betting on the football and not something else let's get into specifics a little bit uh, xi here or 11 fi 11 i don't know i don't know what his name is uh, on twitter the fourth best midfielder of the month wins only one p the sixth best non-PB winning midfielder of the week wins the same. Seems ludicrous that these are the same pouts. Opinions and what should FI do? So I guess this is kind of insinuating div structure reform, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. I mean, you look at this, they've introduced this. Um, I'm sure they want to gauge trader feedback on it before they go too far with it um which is sensible i guess it, it just so happens that we're all clamoring for things to be done quite quickly at the moment and with good reason it, it's completely right it, it's weird just having a situation where once a week the, the you know all the places that didn't quite win in that top six are getting awarded the same amount despite the fact they might have drastically differentiated scores i think that's something that they'll probably be looking into whether it's just increasing the amount of dividends attached to it um or just taking it towards more of a sort of tier bb type thing that uh yeah sets those tier levels and makes it a bit more a bit more fun because it, it, it does uh it, <laughs> it does feel anticlimactic when you get i think it was neymar came second place a week or two ago and you sort of get a penny a share and it, it comes through and you sort of think you sort of just nod and think oh that's okay um but you know fair enough it's over the lifetime of the bet so you don't want to ask her too much because it needs to be sustainable but i just think they need to try and tweak it a little bit just so that the second best performance is awarded as the second best performance and not <laughs> as equal to the sixth best performance so to speak um 
but I'm sure, I don't know what you think, I'm sure they are thinking about it and I'm sure they're not intending to keep it as it is over the next six months to a year. I just think, like, it doesn't make much sense, does it? What, just uh, just in the... Just just the, the way it's currently set up. I'm not saying that that's, like, I'm unhappy with the payouts in terms of the totality of them. I think the yields are amazing and FI should keep them like that. <laughs> but what I am saying is, like, it doesn't make sense that the longer... The thing that's harder to win gives you less than the thing that's easier to win no if that it makes sense and yeah i think that's that's why they need to try and figure out a way to to increase the rewards on the somehow there um it, yeah it's also it, it's odd that it's done over over the week because actually it is it's quite yeah as you say it's quite a competitive dividend and if you wanted something that replaced ipds and rewarded players potentially that are a little bit lower down um lower down the platform all this really does is obviously reward the week's best scores. And the chances are, given a week's worth of fixtures, the week's best scores are going to be delivered by <laughs> the the usual suspects and the best players. Um, so it, it's difficult. I don't think it, it's... I think I've said before, I don't know if I said it on the timeline or not, but I think it's, it's illustrative of a sort of change of direction for FI. And I think we have to be aware that they were removing something quite big and replacing something... At, the same time or not at the same time <laughs> with that lovely two week uh, break in between um so to me it's more of a symbol of where they want to take the platform moving forwards than it is a finished dividend structure and I, i'm sure they are going to tweak it to make it more more rewarding and and hopefully tier it in some way to to make the second place score a little bit more reflective of a second place score um because yeah as i say just having one p of across the board is not not particularly engaging or, or intuitive, really. Mm. I think that it's really tough because for me personally, the, as you said, the weak thing, it's another kind of deadline, isn't it? Right. So intuitively think, remove that and just pay over certain yeah. scores. Yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. but is that financially feasible? Yeah, this Who is knows? The thing. So I, I, I was, of, I was of the thinking that the, the sort of, threshold side of things was the route they go down that just made more sense to me that is just a extremely simple thing <laughs> not to harp on about simplicity but you know explaining that takes one sentence um so i, I was surprised that they didn't go down that route but yeah it, it's the thing the thing that i sometimes think about you you really just don't know what's going on behind the scenes you don't know how they're modeling the payments um you don't know what they can and can't afford and what's sustainable for them so i think they're just being careful and they're being careful given the environment they're in. Hopefully, now they've got a few weeks, uh, has it a few weeks, a few weeks of feedback on it. Um, they'll look to improve on something moving forwards. What What would you want to see as a customer, like uh, over the next few months, from from this specific standpoint, from a dividend? So standpoint? I'd like to see. I'd like to know more. So if we go through them one by one, I'd like to know more about what's happening with this media bus revamp, um, which seems to be completely on the back burner i don't think that's necessarily a, a big deal but it would just be nice to know where it is i don't think there's any major major tweaks that need to be made for that but uh, you know just slightly more sensible uh scoring and they mentioned previously sort of negative articles not contributing to scores so much and, and things like that that just make it a little bit more intuitive um pb i think we're sort of in that awkward stage now where the pb matrix itself it, is not 
it, it's not that bad. I mean, it's not as bad as it was previously, I don't think. Um, I know they were thinking of revamping that and I'm not sure I'm not sure if that's just slipped off the radar completely given everything else going on. Um, but I'd be quite happy I'd be quite happy working with what we got there for the moment, but I guess there's some conversations around if they were to move to a threshold scoring system, do you need to tweak the PB uh, matrix to, to make it work there? Um, so that's that's all quite interesting. I'd really just like them to cement something down on the match day extra, if that's the route they're going to go down and if that's the route that they think is going to work over the next foreseeable future. I'd like them to set it in stone and I'd like to get to a place where that's finalised and in place as quickly as possible so that that's just sort of an element of certainty that we have there. Um, but yeah, I mean, my personal preference would have been a threshold-based scoring system just because I, I think that's simple. And if, if it was me and they I was doing the ripping up and starting again, which they sort of have done, taking out IPDs and introducing MDEs, I would have definitely gone down that route because I think that rewards all areas of the market perhaps a little bit better than this match day extra does. Um, so I, I guess that's where I am. I, I think most of my concerns at the moment lie outside of the core game mechanics. No, that that's totally fair. I, I think I agree. It's kind of like everything's layered on, on top of each other, isn't it? We're like We talked about enjoyment and fun, but that is so intrinsically linked to confidence in the company. And like if speculation is the thing that FI and traders both want, but that is so fundamentally linked to how confident they are in FI as a business, then the the root problem is quite clear yeah, to solve, yeah. isn't it? I think that's it. I think the the main thing for me over the next six months, I can you know, I can give or take match day extra. I, I don't think it's the best thing in the world. I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. I think they could have probably done something a, a little bit better there, but it's by the by for me. I think the main things that I want to see over the next six months are some sort of progress, concrete progress on liquidity uh, provision, because I think that at the moment is the absolute fundamental thing um, that everything else hangs off. Got a question here from Index Charlie. How can liquidity be provided or increased? That's an easy question, isn't it? The, the bottom line with this, I think we're, we're kidding ourselves if we say that anything other than an external liquidity provider gets us the liquidity required in this market. Um, or Football Index themselves. Yeah, all football index themselves, but uh, yeah, whether they're able to do that, I, I, well, they've sort of been doing a slightly haphazard job with um, LP001 or whatever it's called. Uh, but I think really we're we're looking at external liquidity provision now because we've got I think a market with two, three k active traders at the moment. I think it was somewhere between two and three today, and then I think there must be between three and four thousand individual players, so individual little markets within the market. And to rely on traders to provide liquidity across that market, not that they necessarily need to, uh, you know, apply it across all all, uh, all players on the index, but it's just not possible. I don't think it's like um, it reminds me of. Uh, have you ever run out of petrol? <laughs> uh, I don't. I can't drive. Oh, you can't. Oh no, I forgot about that. Okay, well, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> this is not a great example. But, um, no, no, carry on. It's like when you run out of petrol, basically, it, it doesn't just stop. It, the car sort of splutters and coughs, and you can carry on driving it, but you just can't drive it very fast, and you you can't really take it anywhere. And obviously, uh, the market feels a bit like that at the moment when we don't have this liquidity in place. It feels like we're just sort of spluttering. Liquidity is the fuel of the market, and we're just spluttering and and limping along. And I think until that's fixed, we we don't go anywhere. So. 
what they can do to improve it. I guess they can go down the short-term plastering route. Um, they've tried incentivizing buying, haven't they, with the rebates? Uh, you can onboard new users, but that's not, you know, this isn't an, an ideal environment to be onboarding them into. Um, and then I think one of the main sort of, I don't know if this is necessarily a short-term plaster, but it, it comes back again to just instill some degree of certainty and confidence in the market. So, you know, secure the dividends for next season, say, you know, these dividends are not going down, but they might not be going up, but they're, they're not going down. So at least people have a base off which to work from um, and some sort of concrete update on, on market makers. I mean, I know I quite, I quite like this approach that Footblendex is taking now, not just promising the world and delivering at about 5-10% of it. But I think when you've got something as big as this, it would be nice to have a little bit of a nod to it to just check it's going in the right direction um, and just check that they still realise the importance of it. Because uh, I think, yeah, confidence brings liquidity, I think. The thing about liquidity now is like... <sighs> It, it is seemingly quite far away, um, but I don't necessarily think that we can't be in a good stamp. Like we can't, it doesn't necessarily mean that Football Index can't be great if there is no liquidity providers until, say, November 2021. I think there are quite a few people who are very black and white in their thinking that like liquidity provider equals great Football Index, which... Yes. Would it really massively help? Absolutely. But I think there are loads of things that we've just discussed that I think could help in another way um, produce more infused customers. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And I don't, I don't think um, we should forget. Uh, like it's, it's not a, a one or the other. I don't think it's, it's a both. Um, and we're, it's a little bit of an unfortunate catch-22 situation where I'd imagine a liquidity provider wants to come into a slightly more buoyant and slightly more um, confident market. Uh, that would be my understanding, at least. Um, and you've got customer base who don't really want to put big money into the market until there's a liquidity provider on board. So they definitely need both. And I think uh, I think there's a lot that can be done in the short term to sort of give some degree of liquidity and then there's obviously the the um idea around leveraged bids as well which can perhaps that's hiding issues behind a curtain to an extent but it it can give the impression of liquidity and it can help set a little bit of a floor in the market across certain players and again just give that sort of that (laughs) that confidence and that that ability for people to think, you know, there, there is some liquidity here. I'm confident enough to, to place a bet and sort of get a little bit of upwards momentum going again. Uh, but it is all intertwined, you're right. Mm. Just before we move on, I need to remind you that this episode is brought to you by The Athletic. You probably know who they are. Great big news centre for sports and they're telling stories you won't find anywhere else. No ads or clickbait, just great sports writing. And if you want 50% of your subscription, and it doesn't have to be annual now, you can just pay £2.49 per month and you get 50% off You know your month. That is the 2.49 cost. You don't have to commit to a, an annual deal. You can go over to theathletic.co.uk slash fix so try it out £2.49 it's uh, cheaper than a probably a pint that you can find anywhere in the UK but I'm very curious to see have you bought anything recently for more than £2.49 uh, I've bought around a dozen chews for my dog um, chews okay got it <laughs> just like anything that you can shove in his mouth he's an 11 week old puppy 
Um, and he is like, he's basically just a walking mouth. He just bites anything in reach at any point in time, at any time of the day or night. So yeah, any sort of dog chew or anything that you can just shove in him and hope you'd uh, <laughs> get five minutes peace. Um, mm. I should probably buy the athletic because that would be much more fun. It's <laughs> a much more fun <laughs> way to spend my time, but unfortunately, different priorities at the moment. Yeah, I'm a big fan, big fan. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, theathletic.co.uk forward slash fig if you guys want it for two pound forty nine a month. Yeah. Um, got a question here, a little bit more about your strategy. We talked about a lot about FI earlier. A little bit more about here, right? Your strategy and and, and so on and so forth. FI Jack here, who is the best value out of Diallo? Greenwood and Rashford really interesting one yeah it's an interesting question that so Diallo looks mad doesn't he I, I mean in the context of the under 23 games that, <laughs> that I've seen the highlights from which as we know is sort of the peak of FI research um he's looked great I mean he's scored and assisted like a fair few goals in the last couple of weeks hasn't he he's, he's sort of hit the ground running uh, yes, in their youth team. Yeah, yeah. So he, he's doing really well there. I, I I think for Diallo, especially with the way the market is at the moment, I probably want a bit more information on him before I put a significant amount of money down there. Um, so yeah, I, I think he's a really good player. He, he looks really, really talented and I'm sure he's going to go on some good things. But I, I just want to know a bit more about him before I speculated on him as we were talking about earlier, um, given the current circumstances. Which leaves me with a, a straight uh, draw between Rashford and Greenwood. Um, yeah, Gre- I, I, hmm. the interesting thing I find about this actually is I always think with Rashford, whenever anyone ever mentions him, it's always this thing about people just seem to ignore media buzz returns. Like in any valuation <laughs> of any player on football, <laughs> football index, it's always so polarized as well. No one's ever like, "Oh, he's he's really just okay value or good value." It's always like he's dog shit or he's amazing. Yeah, exactly. And I look at Rashford and Greenwood and think Andy Ollie, to be honest, quite possibly, but more so Rashford and Greenwood and think, uh, you know, the price they're at at the moment. I would say they're both incredibly, good, <laughs> incredibly good value. I, if I had to plump for one of the two, I, I'd probably go for Rashford at the moment just because. Um, he he's getting more game time. I feel like we know a little bit more about what sort of player he is, whereas we don't know whether Greenwood's going to just be like this prolific goal scorer who doesn't have too much involvement in in games or round involvement, so to speak. Um, and I think Rashford's probably got more on the immediate horizon for him. So you know he, he's got this big media presence that he's, he seems to be building now. He's got the Euros coming up where he's probably going to feature more prominently, I, I would guess. And I think he's just got a little bit more all-round uh, involvement at the moment. So I would go for Rashford personally, but Rashford, Greenwood, I'd say they're both pretty, pretty damn good value as is uh, 90% of the rest of the index at the moment. Yeah, I think if we were in that kind of very much hype, speculative thing, bubble, whatever you want to call it, train like we were at the back end of last season Diallo would be flying wouldn't he like if you still had the Cherkies at their prices and the the Fodians and Greenwoods at their prices the Sancho at his peak price like you suddenly get in a situation where a player like Diallo has a lot of upside potentially if he if he does well for United yeah exactly and that, that's why it's in FI's best interest to to get the confidence flowing again because at the end of the day everyone's money at the moment is flowing into sort of what are seen as certain dividend winners and the more money they can get in speculative speculative bets the better so yeah, I mean, this kind of goes back to where we where we uh, talked about earlier. It's a catch twenty two, isn't it? Like yeah. they want higher prices and they want speculation, but that seems to be curtailed by lack of confidence in the in the company. Yes. 
a, a vicious cycle. Uh, Old Man Fi here from the Fig Discord. What's your current approach to trading this volatile market, and are you enjoying it currently? Um, so my current approach to trading, I'm not doing that much. So I, I'm not doing as much as I normally would be doing, and I'm fully aware that sort of makes me part of the pro- part of the problem. I think SOTD um, tweeted something about that the other day. You know, if we want liquidity and if we want money flying around, then people need to trade, uh, and I'm not. But that's not necessarily what we or FI need, right? No, I mean, they like don't... volumes, volumes are great to get up. But like, if you're trading regularly in an like, if everyone is trading regularly in a liquid market, volumes go up, but price rises are slightly suppressed, I suppose, yeah. because the amount of commission that's taken means there's net less money in the market. Um, like if you're trading loads and loads, and if some people aren't re-compounding their dividends then I don't know, like for me, if I want buys, not necessarily trading, that's the way I'd be looking at it if I was running their business. Yeah, I think uh, it's always been the way, but I think people still get quite hung up on um, commission and active trading in that sense. And this view that football index need a certain level of commission to survive, obviously <laughs> commission for them is great. They need as much of it as they can get, but you're absolutely right. What they really want is buys, sustained buys and uh, continual price rises that aren't curtailed by people trying to hop in and out of bets all the time. Um, so yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. Uh, and I, I think... But but you, you do also need that, um, that kind of trading element as well. But when there isn't liquidity to gobble up some of that kind of intermittent trading, then it becomes, I think, something that curtails the buying pressure that we just mentioned yeah, yeah exactly um yeah but so so yeah for me how it's translated to to me at the moment I, i'm i'm yeah not doing a huge amount of trading i'm sort of reinvest i'm reinvesting most of my dividends I, I i'm in this sort of uncomfortable situation where sometimes i feel like you feel forced to sell um which is not a particular situation i enjoy so the market being so thin at the moment you, if you have a player that does extremely well um, think I think Neymar, for example, got a big rise the other day. It, it, it quite often feels like you're you're forced to sell at that point because you know if he doesn't do the exact same next game, he's going to probably go down 50p after going up 60, 70p the, the time before. Um, so I'm, I sort of feel like I'm being forced, having my hand forced a little bit in that regard. Um, in terms of enjoyment, it's, it's the same thing I was talking about earlier, really. Yes, I'm really, really still enjoying, even after four years, having this as a comp- an accompaniment to my weekend watching of football. Um, the PB race, everything that comes with it, you know, watching the scores go up and everything like that. Yeah, I'm still absolutely enjoying it, really, really enjoying it. Um, but it's the context around it that I'm finding extremely, extremely draining. It just feels like we're sort of stuck in a, a waiting game and until these sort of things resolve themselves we're we're going to be stuck there for the foreseeable future i think we've got a question here from sigmund freund great guest excited to listen to this one who would be your top two buyers if euro 2021 happens and who would be your top two buyers if they don't i like this one. <laughs> this is oh i've made it i've boozed up it this is a really good question and when i was reading through the questions i thought oh that's a great question i'll uh, i won't do that now i'll just come back to it and um, have a proper think about it once i've read through the rest of them and then i didn't go back to it um so this is very off the cuff i think so in terms of if the euros does happen i think england are in this situation now where um <sighs> There's sort of a, it's not a changing of the guard going on, but there's there's this real sort of exciting next generation of English players coming through. So you've got your Foden's and, and Sanchez of the like coming through. I think I would be tempted to 
avoid sort of a what could be seen as more of a dead cert um, in an England squad like Harry Kane or something like that. And I might plump for one of these, uh, one of these uh, next generation English players. So I, I'm drawn towards Sancho just because I think he. I'm still convinced a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> that aren't addicted to watching Borussia Dortmund through Football Index probably don't realise exactly how good he can be. Because um, if you think people have, a lot of people have just seen the, the England games and he's been pretty abject in those, along with the, <laughs> the entire England squad, really. Um, so I, I would go for him because I think he, he has an opportunity to make that a real breakout tournament for him, but as do Foden and as do many others. So... I'd go for one of that sort of next-gen England type. Um, and then I'd probably go for a punt from an easy group. I always like to mix and match um, a couple of certainties and a couple of more punty types. So Netherlands, um, I think, have got an easy group. That's something I did look up. I think they've got uh, I think they've got Ukraine, uh, Austria, and another team that I can't remember who were uh, not exactly going to push them too far, I don't think. So whether you go for someone like um, Memphis Depay, who's... A, particularly PB sort of adequate player and uh, punt on them doing really well in the other group stages that could be a good option or, or they got a couple of young ones in there as well in um, Dono Marlin and Stengs haven't they who have dropped off my radar a bit recently I don't know if they've been playing as much I think Maitland had a very really built injury didn't he did he have I completely missed that maybe he has oh, I mean I think it was like <laughs> I don't know if he's back is he back I don't do know, know I just feel like I think he I think he's back I think he's back. I think he, he hasn't got an ACL, has he? And I've just completely missed it. He did do his ACL. One, he though. did do his ACL, but he is back yeah, this yeah, season. Yeah, yeah. yeah, sorry, it was last season that he did his ACL. Yeah, it's like 16, 16 goals and assists in fifteen starts. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> he's back. Not bad. <laughs> yeah, he's back. He is definitely playing this season for sure. Yeah, no, sorry no, about no, that. No. Um, Fair enough. So, so yeah, uh, I'm more certain and I'm more. Passionate. Time's flown, man. When the hell did he do his ACL? Was that really like twelve months ago? I Shit, think it was a long time. <laughs> This is like this is. I think it's more of an indicator of how FI has changed because there were people people punting on him left, right, and centre if he scored that many goals and assists since his return. I, I I don't know. Maybe it's also for me. Like I used to be a lot more in tune with. Uh like the the three or four leagues below the, yeah, the Europe's yeah. top five and and have probably been a bit more concentrating on the top five ones anyway yeah, this yeah. this year but um, um yeah uh, but someone a bit more punny. what about your top top two divides if they don't uh, make it <laughs> that the euros don't happen which is totally possible right yeah, like yeah. we're seeing all the complications that are happening with uh the champions league and europa league yeah it's completely possible i think it's um it's difficult to call at this stage isn't it um i think for, for me <laughs> what was that phrase what was that someone phoned into the um extra pod and said stop pumping Sancho and start pumping birds was it yeah I feel like I'm gonna get accused of that but I, I would probably plump for someone with a high profile transfer to the UK looking likely um and I think everything points to the fact that the Sancho stuff's gonna come back around um and I think if we don't have if we don't have the euros I would assume if I are gonna try and create something else exciting to to replace that I would imagine they've got some sort of marketing push lined up for, for the Euros to take place. So if they don't if they don't go ahead, I, I'm sure they'd be looking to to maybe do a sort of media madness type promotion moving forwards. So maybe a Sancho type, um, a high profile one to the UK that looks um, not certain, but perhaps as certain as you can be in the in the crazy world of transfers. And then I'd probably hoover up a few centre-backs um, on the more punty side of things. So you've got Upper Meccano, I don't know. He's been linked to Bayern a lot, hasn't he? Um, 
I don't know exactly where, where he's going to go. Um, you've got people like Alaba who are... He's out of contract soon, isn't he? Yeah, he is. He's probably going to Real Madrid, it looks like. Is he? Yeah. yeah. So I, I'd be taking a punt on a more sort of uh, looking at... I think you can make a lot of money by looking at teams that are in the top sort of four, five, six of the Premier League and looking whether they obviously need to strengthen. And I think centre-backs is... Uh, is certainly an area for quite a few of them i think messi is um, the obvious one for me isn't he um yeah, like if there's yeah. no euros he is someone that's probably negatively impacted by the euros happening because during that period you think there's not that many moves and yeah, yeah. you know uh the mb might be concentrated on teams playing during that and if he didn't and he moves to a psg or city i think he'd probably do quite well but uh, yeah, let's see. he's got the chance to um, ruin the summer for every other player on the index, basically. And probably for every other player on the index forever if he uh, goes to City, <laughs> right? Well, not forever, but for, for a reasonable period of time. Yeah, exactly. exactly. Um, got one final question here from FI Mustard. What are the three changes you would make to the way your portfolio is presented on the app or desktop to improve user experience? Yeah, on the portfolio screen specifically, this question. Apparently. Yeah, so a lot of my gripes are with... Um, with the stuff outside that screen, I think, at the moment. <laughs> no, I'm good, not to be sound uh, difficult. I think on the portfolio screen specifically, um, I think share expiry is a, is a big one we still haven't really got much information on. I don't know if they're, I don't know what they're thinking about on share expiry at the moment. Um, they don't seem to be enforcing it, so maybe it is, it's not something they're worried about and maybe it's not something we should be worried about, but it's pretty, um, it's pretty fundamental to your bet, so it'd be nice to have that there readily available um i'd love to see something like uh and this links to so on the pv stuff I, i'd love to be able to track your players uh that are live uh, a little bit more easily um uh, 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 so noting on the sort of pv charts whose games has finished so you could see uh who was still racking up points and who wasn't but links more to the portfolio page i think it'd be really nice to see just the next game that your players have got and when it is um is it something that would encourage people just to spend more time in the app. You know, if you want to see when the next game is at the moment, you'd scroll over to SofaScore and open that instead. It would be much easier if you could just open up FI and it would it would tell you there. I don't know how possible that is. Um, and then the last thing is probably uh, just accurate or even sort of ballpark accurate 24 hour, seven days and all time figures. Um, I would really help with my general sanity just to see a broadly accurate figure presented there every once in a while. Um, but yeah, the portfolio screen. I, I, what do you think about that? I, I think it's quite clean and quite uh, quite good at the moment. I think it's all right. Like, I think it could definitely be improved. Mm. What, what would you um, see there? I think for me, uh, when you when you, I don't know. Maybe this isn't particularly the portfolio bit, but. Being, I think being able to section them out into different types of holds, for example, is, is something that people have been asking for a while. I think when you're on the match day dividend page and you click your portfolio, you don't know where they rank at those moments. So like, you know, you could click my portfolio, you see Mbappe there on like 87. You're like, okay, that's shit. Or is it good? <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like there's no context to the information displayed, which I think um, could be improved upon. Um, I just think more filtering, more personalization i think like you know the the 24 hour seven day thing and, and all time thing i think 
I'd like FI to do some more complex kind of money-weighted, time-weighted ROIs in the future that are a lot more accurate. I think all of those things would would make for a far better trader experience, really. Yeah, and even just remembering the selections you make when you're viewing your portfolio so you know you can sort it. I don't know if this is just an Android-specific thing, but you can sort it however you, there's about seven or eight options. And the next time you open yeah. the app, it's just back to the default. Yeah, of even course. Stuff like that, basic stuff. But yeah, I, I sort of... Yeah, I completely get the point. That could be improved. Uh, I guess, um, yeah, it's more the sort of match day stuff that I, I think would, would make a bigger impact, I think. Yeah, just knowing when players are live yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think there's stuff like that. Yeah. Um, he's got a second part to his question, though. Assuming gambling companies get banned from shirt sponsorship, where should FI put the marketing money they won't be spending on QPR and Forest? TV, radio, podcasts, stadiums, online, or a decent member get member scheme? Yeah, that's a, yeah, that's a really good question. I think um, I don't know. So I had in my head that shirt sponsorship wasn't actually that expensive. I don't know if that's correct. It's not that expensive. No. So I think it's expensive, but it's not like it's not like millions of pounds. No. So you're probably yeah not not working with um, a huge amount of money. I, I I guess it depends where the product is. I think they need to strengthen their affiliate marketing. Um, I think the best way this product has always spread. I, I've, <laughs> I've got absolutely no evidence to back this <laughs> this point up, um, <laughs> but my my gut feeling is the best way that this platform has spread previously has been word of mouth, friends signing up, friends, um, you know, talking about it at the pub, that sort of thing. So yeah, strengthening the sort of affiliate marketing offer and the sort of general word of mouth marketing, but it relies very much on the product being in a sound space. So. Perhaps they don't feel like that's a priority for the moment. And then I guess um, there's something around targeting high net worth individuals. Um, someone in marketing will, <laughs> with, with a marketing background will have much better ideas than I do on that side of things. But just, for, you know, creating sort of a tailored marketing campaign, perhaps that really goes after those sorts of people. So whether that's providing sort of an enhanced version of the risk free offer um that is eligible to certain people or or yeah just just tailored marketing marketing campaigns uh putting the information in front of the right sort of people to try and get these sort of clients on board um uh, that would be my first thoughts on it um but yeah it would be interesting to hear from someone like uh, is it chris who's uh, i forget his his handle on twitter who harris yeah chris, Not harris. harris. Yeah, yeah, chris, chris harris, harris yeah yeah it'd be really interesting to hear from someone like him who actually knows this this area rather than me sort of spouting my random thoughts out <laughs> maybe i'll ask him if he's ever back on the pod <laughs> yeah it, it's yeah i'm sure he'll come back at some point um yeah it's an interesting one the affiliate marketing i think you know just thought you were gonna you were gonna compliment me there for like a solid three four minutes but um <laughs> yeah. no seemingly not no i think like yeah there needs to be something a bit more dynamic there both for people that are like content affiliates like myself but for people that aren't like there aren't necessarily like no one not everyone's going to start a podcast or, or youtube channel right like there are going to be people who just have networks of friends that they can introduce or they might be in a, a chat about fpl that they might get like five or six starts uh signups on but realistically like is it going to be worth your time to do that if you get like a tenner each time i don't know i just think there needs to be something a bit more robust like 
the way that if I look at the way that free trade do things where you get a free share in a stock when you refer someone, if you look at like what Monzo did back in the day where it was a queue to sign up and people gave you golden tickets to sign up first, like what Clubhouse are doing, right, where you like refer like you have to refer someone directly through their phone number like i just think like there are so many cool ideas that companies are doing out there that the quite primitive one that fi has it just lacks a lot of depth and probably success as well yeah yeah exactly i, I think yeah I, i'm hopeful that give it six months or maybe a little bit longer we're, we're in a much stronger pace in the product and then these sort of things become really really important again don't they because we need to, uh, they need to sort of improve on the acquisition and the sort of retainment of their customer base. So hopefully they've got people thinking, thinking away. That's the other thing, isn't it? Like, you know, um, could the, that marketing budget be spent on retaining traders? You know, yeah, like yeah. I think uh, that was a very acquisition focused question, but I think the people that have money in here right now that are moving the market are just as important as new users really. But uh, again, maybe other marketers might disagree. Yeah, that sounds sensible to me. But yeah, leave it to Chris. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's all we've got time for. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me. Really appreciate it, mate. Where can people find out more about you? Uh, Twitter. Don't talk, I don't go on the timeline too much at the moment, but I'll make an effort to get back out there, I think, because it's uh, good fun. It's uh, T-C-B-E-R, I think. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. If you're commuting, then stay safe. If you're not commuting, have fun doing whatever you're doing. Sorry we didn't get to answer all your questions. There was quite a few as usual. And we'll have more for Bill Index podcast for you next week.